Welcome back to Context Clues. When last we met our heroes, that's you, we learned about the general structure of the course and what's coming up next. You may have noticed that we didn't actually do much talking about theater. Today, we're going to fix that, digging into some contextual information about the way this course is designed and giving you tools to find more information when you need it, both in this class and in the future. We're going to start by taking a quick dive into the origins of theater by watching a Crash Course Theater video. If you're engaging the Context Clues transcript, it's linked here. Otherwise, you'll find the video in your engagement tracker. Ready, go! Theater is an awesome resource for a chronological historical approach to theater, and while we'll watch several of them during the semester, I strongly encourage you to check out more on your own time. This course, however, approaches teaching theater from a slightly different angle. Throughout the course, I'll be sprinkling in fun facts and need-to-know information as we approach each individual performance, using each show we engage as a springboard for broader learning. In designing this course, it was important to me to make sure you could see as much theater as possible, and the widest variety of theater possible, to 1. Broaden your understanding of what theater can look like, and b. Develop your ability to both enjoy and critically analyze a performance. Watching filmed performances rather than reading plays allows us to consider how designers, directors, and actors' decisions impact the delivery of a play, as well as how the labor of stage managers, technicians, and other personnel bring theater to life. This is part of a larger effort to understand plays as living, embodied pieces created to be viewed, listened to, and holistically experienced rather than engaged solely on a page. There are some exceptions to this rule. Some people, like Roswitha, one of, and according to some historians, the first-recognized female playwright, wrote closet dramas, plays not intended to be performed in their lifetimes. If you visit the transcript of this podcast, I've linked to a brief article about Roswitha, as well as a more comprehensive source, including copies of her plays translated into English. If you've read Shakespeare or Sophocles in high school or a literature course, you may have rolled your eyes when you saw them on the syllabus. My hope is that watching a production will not only help you connect to the plays in new ways and hone the skills of articulating what those productions were using the source material to express, but also imagine how other productions might engage the text differently. In this course, all the productions we are engaging come from source texts rather than devised or movement-based works. Both of these, however, are valid and important forms of theater. I strongly encourage doing some Googling around and watching some pieces of devised theater, physical theater, dance theater, etc. I made that decision for a few reasons. First, I am limited in my selections to what we have the resources to stream ethically and affordably, and most of what is available on current streaming services is text-based theater. That is because, second, most of what you're likely to see on national tours or in your local community theaters will be productions of extant plays, and this course is preparing you to watch the theater around you. Most quote-unquote Western theater features a playwright as a creative artist, and the rest of the production team as interpretive artists, translating their vision into three dimensions. Third, I, and all instructors who teach a course where you're engaging supposedly representative samples of a whole field, 
am navigating a complicated relationship with the concept of the cannon. The truth is in your face when you hear the British cannons go Any hope Not that kind of cannon. The concept of a canon of media, theater, literature, whatever, suggests, just as the word is used in fandom circles, that there are certain works that properly count as representative samples of that kind of media, implying that non-canonical works are less valid. Canons aren't usually really a solid collection of work. A quick search of all of the people fighting about what counts in a given canon will show that, but are rather made through broad agreements about what is and isn't valuable. These decisions often support ideologies and ways of being that uphold the authority and ideals of those in positions of power. I'm about to ask you to watch a video about the Western canon, but before we do that, I'd like you to turn to your engagement tracker for this episode. Please take a moment and list the plays, musicals, and other works of theater you can pull up off the top of your head. Playwright and composer names also absolutely count. Ready, go! Great! If you haven't had a lot of exposure to theater in your everyday life, I'm going to guess that most of the things you named are likely to either be commercially successful, think big Broadway shows like Wicked and Beetlejuice, or they belong to the Western canon. What is that? Click the link in your engagement tracker to either watch the Chegg video or read its transcript now. Ready, go! As an aside, throughout the course, I'm looking for accessible, accurate sources to share with you, meaning that as often as possible, I'm choosing bite-sized, entry-level educational content over more complex sources like full books or academic journal articles. If you'd like recommendations for full books, journal articles, or more complex audio or video sources on a specific topic, let me know. As the video mentions, the concept of a canon is a political one, and it's a complicated political one from the point of view of an introductory class. On the one hand, as scholars like Barbara Fuchs, that's F-U-C-H-S, I don't actually have a reference for how to pronounce her last name, point out, we reinforce the idea of the dramatic canon as the purview of dead, straight, cis, English-speaking white men when we continue to hold up their plays as the primary examples we use and her HowlRound article on diversifying the classical canon with some specific suggestions about how to combat that is well worth reading. On the other, the same powers that decide what work is important also decide what work is archived and made available for streaming, and there is certainly an expectation that you will leave a theater class knowing some of the major players of Western theater. Here's how I'm reckoning with that tension in this course. While I have chosen pieces to share with you that are well-known pieces of theater, titles that, if you mention them to anyone who's worked in theater for any length of time, they're likely to know what they are, I have worked to pick both plays and specific productions of plays that showcase diversity in their casting choices, their creative teams, and or the way they do theater. As you watch, I encourage you to consider the following questions. Whose story was this piece of theater created to tell, and to whom? Whose story does this production tell, and to whom? What space does this play or musical offer, if any, to tell different stories? No one piece of theater can be all things to all people, but it's up to the creative team to make intentional choices about what a given piece will be and to whom. Part of what this course offers is space to develop the ability to articulate an informed opinion about whether those choices were A. effective and B. clearly communicated. 
We start watching plays, using the word play as a catch-all for all works of theater, because works of theater is four more syllables, and the links of the outtake tracks from these podcasts are already ridiculous, next week with a production of Much Ado About Nothing. But my sincere hope is that you will use the information in this course as a springboard to learn about theater beyond the few pieces we have time to engage together. To that end, I want to offer you a quick crash course in finding additional works of theater with which to engage. In this exercise, you will use three different methods to look up three different new-to-you plays, then choose one for a slightly deeper dive. At the end of this exercise, you will also have the information you need to create your discussion post. The most direct way to find plays is to go to where they are published and or licensed. In the United States, there are a few big-name publishing houses that hold the rights to most contemporary plays, like Playscripts, Dramatist Play Service, Music Theater International, which holds the right to musicals, Concord Theatricals, which is an umbrella organization for several companies, and the New Play Exchange, an organization of new original works. Many of the websites for these organizations have not only information about what plays the organization holds and how to order them, but tools to find plays that fit your interests. Please choose one of these companies, poke around their website, and look for a play that sounds interesting to you. Once you find it, you'll copy and paste the basic play information, title, playwright, and blurb, into your engagement tracker, along with information about which site you pulled the play from and a sentence or two about why you find the play interesting. You'll want to cite the blurb you're pulling directly in MLA format. If you need a refresher or initial lesson on how to do that, you can access that at Purdue OWL. Come back when you're finished. you found something cool. Of course, these companies hold rights to play so theater companies can produce them. You can research what local theater companies tend to produce to get a feel for the general tone of the company, or you can keep an eye on the production calendars of companies you admire for a heads up on new works you might enjoy. For this section, you have two options. You can either Google theater near me or blank theater company, filling in the blank with some relevant identity or location. Main Theater Company, Muslim Theater Company, etc. Choose a company, then spend some time exploring their site. Navigate to their past seasons and choose a show you'd like to learn more about, then search for it. In your engagement tracker, share the name and URL for the theater company, and then the name of the play, the playwright or creative team, and the blurb from either the theater or the publishing company. Make sure you're citing which is what. Finish up with a sentence or two about why the play was interesting to you. Ready, go! Just whistle while you work. And Excellent! Two down. Finally, sometimes you're looking for a play about something specific. There's a hole to fill in your theater season, you're really into a specific topic and want to see how it operates in theater, or you're looking for representation. The internet is filled with all kinds of cool resources to find what you're looking for. HowlRound, for example, is a website full of theater think pieces that often include lists of theatrical works. Or The Kilroys is a list published annually of plays by women, trans, and non-binary playwrights. One of the best ways to find said resources is to use our trusty old friend Google. This time, you're going to craft a query that is either plays by blank, in which the blank is filled with some sort of identity, playwrights under 30, Latinx playwrights, disabled playwrights, etc., 
or plays about blank, plays about baseball, plays about science fiction, plays about mental health. You may get hits on specific plays, but you're more likely to get a series of listicles listing plays. Choose the one you like the most and share that URL. Choose a play from it and share the play title, playwright, and the blurb about it, either from the original article or the publisher. And, of course, what you find interesting about the play. Again, make sure you cite. Go! You now have three plays you find interesting. First, go back and make sure you've cited everything that needs cited. That's the places from which you copied your blurbs, in MLA format. That's going to look like a parenthetical citation after the quote, and a full citation at the end of your answer. A heads up before we continue the podcast. In this next section, we're going to be going through resources that will also give you the information you'll need to fill out your discussion board post. You may choose to have the discussion board open in a separate tab so you can work on that post simultaneously as you go, or you may choose to go back and do your discussion board post later. Either is just fine. Okay, back to the podcast. Here we go. So, you found the titles of some plays and you found a little bit of information about them. Now what? If they're available for purchase, you could buy the script and read it, but you might want some more information about the play first. Choose the play you're most excited about for a deeper dive and come along to learn some of the ways you can get information about a play before you see it or read it. Come, 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 come along now. Run away from the Wikipedia is not an academic source, but it can be a really great place to start a search. Open up Wikipedia in a browser and see if your play has a page. If so, great! Go ahead and pull that up. If not, you can pull up the Wikipedia page for In the Heights to follow along. Ready, go! Come with me! A Wikipedia page gives you lots of useful information about a show. Knowing when and where a play was originally produced can help you make some educated guesses about the language, politics, and tone of the show. A blockbuster musical with only a few years between its debut and Broadway run and a Restoration-era comedy are likely to feel very different in production. The page can also offer information about style. What you probably think of as being normal acting, people mostly acting like the people you see around you all the time, is really only one of many performance styles. Psychological realism and naturalism belong to a representational performance tradition in which plays are attempting to represent real life. Other formats, like Commedia dell'arte, Greek tragedy, Sanskrit drama, or epic theater, are presentational, meaning they are presenting a story to an audience with no attempt to suggest that what is happening on stage looks or feels like real life. Both can be effective, but expecting one and getting the other is jarring. Links on the page can help you delve deeper into the context of the time period, any source material, and other important information about the show. Wikipedia is a great source for the kind of information that doesn't need a citation because it's a matter of public record. Run dates, cast and creative team, etc. Once you've gotten a bird's eye view of the play, it's time to delve into specifics. There are lots of kinds of sources you can explore, but we're going to look at three. First, as we've discussed, most theater you will see is an interpretation of a playwright's work. Sometimes this interpretation is attempting to be as faithful as possible to the playwright's intentions, to the degree that they're known, and sometimes it has a different goal. 
We'll talk about production concepts at a later class, but either way, knowing who wrote the play and what they're about will inform your understanding of it. Please Google Playwright Name Interview and look for an interview with a playwright. You may find one about that specific play, or you may not, depending on where the person is in their career, but choose an interview to watch, read, or listen to and check it out. Afterwards, you'll record in your engagement tracker the URL to the interview, information about where and with whom it was held, and one interesting takeaway. If you really can't find an interview, an essay, blog, or vlog post from the creator will do. In the instance of a work with multiple creators, see who has a more interesting interview available if you can't find something where they were interviewed together. Go! interview you just watched, read, or listened to probably gave you some information about the development process and the creator's intention. Other resources give you more information about the product. The most obvious example of this is looking at video clips and promotional videos for productions of the piece that give you a sense of style and tone. It can be especially interesting to see what's common across multiple productions and where productions take liberties. As a note, I am not encouraging you to watch bootleg recordings of full plays. Many companies, however, will offer scenes or trailers for their productions, and venues like the Tony Awards and morning television shows provide performance snippets. Head over to YouTube and search the name of the piece you've selected. Watch some videos and choose the one that you find the most interesting, then share the URL and what you found interesting about the video. Go! Finally, it's time to look at one of the most used and most controversial ways of getting information about a production after its run. Reviews. In the words of UK critic Mark Shenton, quote, Reviews act as a permanent record of an ephemeral art, and they also encourage people to attend and support it before it passes, end quote. Reviews offer information about the play itself and the production from the point of view of an educated viewer often contextualizing the production in the space and time in which it was produced. When reading reviews, however, it is important to remember that, whatever the tone, the reviewer is neither objective nor infallible. There are power dynamics at play in which works get reviewed and what stories, usually white, usually well-educated, usually upper-middle-class reviewers, find accessible and authentic. So, reviews must be read carefully, but if you want to understand the cultural conversation about a play, they also must be read. To read some reviews, you have two options. If your play has been on or off-Broadway, off-Broadway is a specific designation, meaning it was produced in a theater in New York with a certain house size, you're likely to be able to find a review roundup on Playbill.com. Go there, search your play name, and check out reviews. If your play doesn't have reviews aggregated on Playbill, Google Play Name Reviews. Look for a review that isn't just a plot summary, but actually offers a thoughtful critique of the production. Then, link to that review in your engagement tracker. How did this review help you think about the play in a new way? What do you know about it now that you didn't before, or what new questions do you have? Ready, go. I'm reviewing the situation. After all that, you should now have a pretty solid sense of what this particular play is about before you read or watch it. 
You know how to find other works of theater you might find interesting, and you have the skill set to know what to do when, later in the term, I ask you to consider reviews for plays we're watching or link to a performance clip that showcases a specific design element. That concludes the new information about theater portion of context clues. At this time, please visit the assignment sheet for your discussion board post and complete your discussion post. Talk to you soon! So long, farewell to you, my friends. Goodbye for now, until we meet.